most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 200 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we're talking about building a history with God. Baby, yes. 200. We should do something special to celebrate. We should. Oh, wait, we are. But you have to stay to the end of the episode to find out what it is. <laughs> We had quite the fun this week. Last week, we were talking about how we celebrated Canada Day. And this week, we got to celebrate Happy Birthday America Day, otherwise known as July 4th. (laughs) I was like, okay, that's not what they call it. (laughs) I'm still getting used to the 4th of July, Mm -hmm. and I know I need to read up on it. Oh, by the way, we have follow-up from last week. Okay. It was the British who burned down the White House, not Canada. But we did it on behalf of Canada. Well... No, 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 no. Will Law, who is an expert in in all things, especially, and he's English, so I know that he had a vested interest in finding the answer to this. So he did some research and provided me with a Wikipedia link, which I can send you later. And you're right that vertigo is commonly misused as a fear of heights, and that's not what it is. It is what you said, an inner ear imbalance that causes you dizziness and nausea. Good. I'm also right about the Canadians burning down the White House, because it's the... Well, technically, they were still British at the time. That is true. However, then those people actually, you know, became Canada and stayed and they they launched it from York, which is the original name for the city of Toronto. So they're Canadians in my mind. (laughs) Because they stayed in Canada. (laughs) Uh They were the original Canadians. Okay, Canadian pride will not die. No, it will not. What do we do for 4th of July? We are not America's hat, people. We are not America's hat. What do we do for the 4th of July? We went to our neighbor's house. And we narrowly missed being set on fire. Oh my gosh, we did. Um, So this is what happened. Uh, We were doing the fireworks, which I'm not sure we were supposed to be doing those in the city limits, but that's that's another story altogether. Um, And one of the fireworks was one of these ones that sends off like 16 rockets high into the sky, you know, all different colors. And it sent off the first one and then it fell over. Because the slope of our street is insane. Yeah. And so it toppled over. It toppled over and was pointing into the crowd of mostly moms and children (laughs) and started firing rockets at us. And we all went running, screaming into the garage, uh, literally freaking out because, of course, we're being hit by rockets. And, uh, And then Nick, who was one of the dads, ran into the flames, as it were, ran towards the rocket and set it back upright. What made the whole situation worse was MJ was freaking out way before this. MJ was freaking out our because five-year-old. Because sound, yeah. No, he was freaking out with sparklers, and he wanted nothing to do with it. And we had this problem last year. Oh, dear. And I was hoping that, oh, no, this year he'd be good. And so I was doing everything I could to coax him outside. So, you know, he was behind the windows <laughs> in the dining room. And I said, look, buddy, let's go out and sit on the patio. And so I was going to sit out on the front porch. Yeah. And so I... Th- I just, I said, I'm going to leave the front door open. Daddy's going to like go out onto the front porch. You can come and join me if you want. And he was basically standing right behind me, but with a pane of glass behind him. And then the fireworks toppled before him. <laughs> and I. And we all started screaming and running for, for our lives. And, in, and that was it. He was done. He's having nothing to so, do with it. So, yeah, he's already told me he doesn't want to do the fireworks part next year. He's like, I'll just go home and go to bed. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame like, him. Okay. I had an interesting week this week. 
I went to prison. You did? Yeah, for three days. I know. But they let you back out, so that was nice. There is an amazing ministry in Nashville called Send Musicians to Prison, which if I was going to start a ministry, I'm sad that that name's already taken, but it's genius. And the idea is that they take um, Christian artists into maximum security prisons and um, minister the gospel, do, you know, usually do a show and then do Q&A and, and preach the gospel. And they've been extending their reach. And uh, Joanna Lampa, who's one of the ministers with uh, Send Musicians to Prison, reached out to us and said, would you guys be interested in coming into the women's prison in Nashville on a couple of these days to teach on boundaries? Or could we do your father heart course, the Finding Father book? And we were like, yes. And so that's what happened this week. I went up for three days. Um, one of the days we couldn't get in because of a variety of reasons, but the, the other two days I got to spend a morning with several of the inmates in this prison and got to teach them on boundaries, which I was wondering how boundaries was going to work, but as they said in their own testimonies of like, wish we knew this before, but it was such a joy. It was a new experience for me. I'd not been in an American prison before, um, but it was a, a real privilege. And I love that all these ladies are doing Finding Father in prison and the videos that we have prepared that, yes, we're getting ready to make available to everybody else, <laughs> but the videos that we've prepared, they're going through that 12-week course with the videos and the books. And I just think that's amazing. And I love that. So thank you, Joanna, for taking me in. That was a real treat and a real eye-opener for me this week. How did it um, compare to an Icelandic prison? Because you went there. Was it similar-ish? Question mark? Um, being in Iceland was different because, I mean, it had its own hurdles in that I couldn't connect with any of the prisoners on my own. I mean, they all spoke English, but I didn't know that. And it was a men's prison, and I wasn't sure what we'd been set up for. You know, we went in with Balder, who used to run that prison. And so we don't From know From the inside <laughs> as an inmate. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what Balder had told them or what they were expecting. So I yeah. was just going with the flow and we ended up doing physical healing. And uh, that was an amazing time. With this one, they'd already been primed. You know, it was a course and, you know, so they understood. So it was it was amazing. You, the, the kingdom of God, I was going to say works best among the, the poor in spirit. And I, I don't mean that, I don't mean to limit it, but in my experience... They know they're missing something. The, well, yeah, you have, no pun intended, a captive audience, and I, I loved it. It was a, a real privilege to be there. So great. We spent a lot of our free time this week doing something that I'm glad we only tend to do every 10 years, is we're looking for another car. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We are. <laughs> there, somebody it's a needs frustrating to do process. Yeah. For sure. And I don't, I don't want to get all negative, but I'm excited at the end of the process, we will find an additional car. Which we desperately need. But it's so brain tiring, good. isn't it? It is. Trying to hold in your head who's got what and at what price and what options. and Yeah. It's like, you know what I remind me of? It's like buying mattresses. Yeah. I wish there was some sort of system where everybody named their cars the same way. Which, to some extent, you mean the trim is, level, not the yeah, models, but the like trim levels. The trim levels, you know, um, you know, to to some extent, there is like, you know, Honda and Kia are pretty similar, uh, but then you know, Volkswagen isn't, and then Ford seems to have like eighteen different trim levels, and it's just like, ugh, 
But why does it have to be so difficult? But God bless our kids. They've been very faithful in traipsing around all these dealers. Poor little sweet things. And the, yeah, they're just they're we, just a joy. And and then of course we're showing up at all these dealerships with two car seats to make sure that two car seats can fit in the back of whatever little four by four we're drying out. Which they don't. Some of them just don't. Yeah. And, and I'm then glad the, we thought of it. the kids get in and go, uh, this we don't fit. We're like, all right, we don't need to test drive this one. But anyway, so we've. I think we've potentially frustrated a few dealers but uh, and we've narrowed it down to a very short list yes we have then you spoke this morning on the goodness of god how'd that go i think it went well i still have that thing where i'm not sure i think it went well i mean it felt it felt good i felt like people were connecting so yeah i thought you looked really cute (gasps) thanks yeah you kept my attention oh well but what were you thinking were you thinking about the goodness of god or other things Our main topic for this week (laughs) is all about building a history with God. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this whole, this I don't know if it's just because I've had a birthday or because a lot of what we teach is is based on our lives, but I was thinking about the importance of having a history with God, and and now that I'm in my mid-40s, I'm realizing I have a you know, at least a meaningful 25-year relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I wouldn't trade any of it. There's bits I wish I could fast forward through, but I love having built this this history with God. I I want to kind of set a context before we talk about why a history with God is important. It is absolutely vital that our relationship with Christ must be current. Yes, it's not. It's not enough to bask on what you were. I noticed that most people's testament. No, I don't want to say most people. I have noticed that there's a danger that we confuse our testimony with our history. Our testimony is what God is doing now. Our history is what God has done. Mm -hmm. Both are vital, but you can't live out of years old experiences with God. That's not what we were designed to do. You just shrivel up. Yeah, I was thinking about manna, literally the bread of heaven, bread from heaven that came, and how they weren't allowed to collect, they weren't allowed to store any that they could use later. Right. Except on, on the Sabbath, of course. It was made fresh daily. It was made fresh daily. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what our relationship with the Lord is supposed to be like. I get crusty when I let days go by that I haven't connected with the Lord in more than a, a passing prayer. Like, right. it's, it's, I just don't like myself. I don't like my outlook, I don't like my attitude when that happens. The the first point I want to make is we want to have a current relationship that is strengthened by the daily voice of God. But at the same time, we're building and we can draw upon this rich history with God. I think, too, when you're in current circumstances that you've been in similar ones before, you know, in your history, and you saw God break through, that's where the two of them really work well together. You know, when you're right. in the midst of forming a new testimony, but you're actually looking back and going, okay, okay, I've navigated something that felt a lot like this before. And, you know, God got me through this, or God did this, or God broke through in this way. And so I can hang on to his faithfulness more easily because I have a history right. of, of breakthrough. But it's important that we keep our history refreshed. Yes. If everything's from five or ten years ago, it's... But even if it is, you know, even God did an amazing miracle ten years ago, but you forget about it and you're not in the habit of calling it to mind or practicing thankfulness. I mean, mean, that's what the Old Testament is about, just watching Israel 
forget. Just com- repeatedly forget. And yeah. that's why we have all these encouragements. I was thinking, just as I was you know, pondering what we're going to be sharing tonight about how important geography is to our history with God. Like, I could literally drive you to Toronto. Well, that would take forever. But we could literally go to Toronto tonight and I could show you the carpet where I had an encounter with the Father. I yeah. could drive up to Marmac Drive and show you the exact spot on the floor where I had this revelation with God out of the book of Exodus. I could take you into a room and show you journals that are 20 years old that are handwritten that that in there are promises and prophecies about what our life looks like today. I, and I love that we have that. I, yeah. I just think that's amazing. I, I love that on my phone I've got prophecies from David Campbell and from David Wagner from earlier this year or from Jamie Galloway from a couple of years ago. I, I, I could bring you to our house that was prophesied into existence. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's not just esoteric thoughts. They're, they're tangible, practical parts of our our history with God. Yeah, it's amazing. I think I think too what's also kind of fun about actually keeping track of and recognizing your history with the Lord is uh that you end up with opportunities also to encourage other people with what God has done for you. And it's not theoretical. Right. It's I like get, actually I I totally get it. I've been there. Let me let me I tell get, you what God does. I get real nervous. When I listen to people who are speaking the truth, but it's theoretical in their own lives. Right. There's, they haven't there, actually walked through that yeah, or whatever. It's yeah. different in the substance that that people bring when they're actually talking about their own journey with the Lord. I was, Tia is in the stage where she always wants to hear our story of how we met. I was telling her the other day. Oh, she asked for it again today. She <laughs> said, I heard mom's perspective and she told me details that you forgot. I was like, yeah. no doubt she did. <laughs> I tried to explain to her because she was like, daddy's never told me that part and this part and whatever. I was like, oh, well, honey, most girls, they, they, you know, we fill in all the, the gray areas too and all the little details. And she's like, oh, I like the, the details, you know? So I was like, all right. I was with her tonight. She just, you know, came into my room. I was lying down and she just said, daddy, could I have a cuddle? And I was like, of course you can. So she climbs onto the bed with me. She, I just love cuddles. And we just sat and talked about her future. She just, you know, I was just talking to her about how the most important thing is to keep your love for Jesus real. And, and you know, she was asking to, I think, is she be a good mom? And I was like, yeah. And, you know, I'm just kind of talking to her, but helping her build her uh, her future, I guess, or just her, to have some godly expectations for what life is like. Mm-hmm. And I realized that actually all of what God does in our life is for the future. Yeah. Like he... He constantly equips us with what we need, either through, you know, prophecy or encouragement or teaching. We think it's for today, but it's actually for the future. And like like we were talking about earlier, all through the Old Testament, there's all these reminders to not forget. Mm-hmm. And it's not that God wants us to live in the past, but we use the past to fuel us forward. We're told to remember what God has done. We're told to remember who we are, and we're we're actually told to use the people of Israel as an example to not be like them in the way that they forgot. Yeah. When you look back on your life and you think about the richest parts of your history or the densest parts of your history, would you say that they occurred more in what we might classify as the difficult seasons of life or the easy seasons of life? Not easy, but the, you know, the the fruitful seasons of life. I think I think probably the more difficult seasons. I think because you're you know 
needing to be face to face with God to make it through. And so I think when I look back at some of the really, really hard things and just the way that the Lord, you know, I don't, I don't want to do the cheesy footprints in the sand thing, but the way, you know, God carried me mm-hmm. and how close that felt and how secure that felt. And really, right. I didn't have the strength to go through it on my own. So it was like, carry me or leave me here, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think so much of the richness or the strength of the relationship that I have with the Lord now is because of hanging on to him during those seasons and just deciding like, hey, there's so much I don't understand about what I'm currently going through, but I will not let go of God. I won't. You know, I was talking about this morning, I won't let go of believing he's good. Right. I won't let go of believing he's faithful. And even if all my circumstances seem to be screaming something different, I won't let go. But that's because you've, you've, that's exactly because you can look back on times where God did come through for you. Of course we've got the Bible, and of course we use the Bible, and of course that's vital. But there's something about having our own experience of who God is for us to to pull forward. I, I was thinking tonight about David's confidence in beating Goliath. And we know he says to King Saul, and King Saul's like, I don't think this is the best strategy. And he's like, actually, no, I, the same God that rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear is the same God who's going to rescue me from this Philistine giant. He used his 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 previous history with God mm-hmm. to write a new one with God. Mm-hmm. And I... I I think it's Chris Valentin that says, you know, everybody wants a testimony, but nobody wants to test. Right. And the the richness that we're looking for actually comes through walking with God in places we might never choose to go. And I think the trick is to not lose sight of that when inevitably we get into good times and human nature is that we, we forget God. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm determined to not build our relationship with the Lord on need but build our relationship with the lord on life yeah because once need goes away which it which it will because this is who he is because he loves to satisfy us when that need vanishes when that crisis fades away when difficult times turn to good are we going to be people who still remember god and still choose to be with him as much as we would in times of crisis yeah i was also thinking though when you're talking about you know uh david and saul and all of that like you know, when I was saying about how the, you know, the Lord carried me and I I knew we'd make it through and you're saying, yeah, that's because you had a history. But like the first time that I went through something hugely difficult, I was, I would say very, very young in relationship with the Lord. Of course. And, you know, dad had died and my whole world exploded. And I would say more than anything else, I borrowed on other people's history of the Lord and that, you know, they had navigated storms with the Lord and they were still standing. And not only that, they were thriving. I mean, to begin with, I really borrowed off of, okay, so I'm I'm hearing you say I'm going to make it. I'm hearing you say he'll be faithful to me. I'm borrowing your history uh, until I have a history of my own. Mm. And so I think there's some of both. Like if, if you're listening today and you're thinking, well, gosh, I don't really have this huge history with the Lord you know, in terms of navigating tough spots and that kind of stuff. And um, I think you can borrow off of the history of others and let that sort of bolster your faith that God is who he says he is as you write history together. That's beautiful. 
And I think that's the purpose of testimony, is to help other people write their history. Yeah. And that's what today's about. Today is tomorrow's history. So if you don't have, if you're thinking, I don't have great history, then guess what? You get to practice that every morning. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, there's our thoughts on building history with God. We encourage you to do it. It's amazing. And the beautiful thing is, the more you walk with God, the more history you have. Yep, for sure. Would you like an interesting question? I would. Josh wrote in and he said, my wife and I are listening to back episodes and had a question. How different would your podcasts have been if you'd been doing them when your first child was four? As a bit of context, we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old now and find it a challenge to do anything else except keep up with them during the season. Yeah, I don't think we would have tried to start a podcast when they were four and two. I mean, you're it's not only that you're dropping to the couch at seven o'clock as soon as they're in bed, you know, but it's, you know, it's all day long supervision when they're that age. And it's after they're four, you know, and, and heading into being five, they sort of skyrocket in their ability to follow instructions and play on their own and not touch things they're not supposed to be touching and all that kind of stuff where, you know, under four, it's kind of all hands on deck and, right. you know, you're, you know, getting them dressed is like trying to put a octopus in a mesh bag. I mean, everything is just more difficult. So, I, you know, I think if you tried to sell me on the idea of doing a podcast, then I would have been like, have fun. Hey, cause... babe, I've got a great idea. Because <laughs> I ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, like you forget, like now all of our children, you're just like, hey, go get dressed. Hey, go have a bath. Hey, go have a shower. Yes, you can have a snack. Hey, tidy up after yourselves. They, they can do all that to varying degrees. MJ still needs some help. Although he got dressed today on his own and puts his own shoes on. That sounds ridiculous. But if you've been doing that, I was watching our friend Sarah this morning. Sarah and Josh have just got this beautiful baby and she's on the front row. But oh, I was like, stunning. at that stage, you have, to, I've forgotten how, how much your attention has to be on a baby all of the time. You do everything. Like I was just even thinking about today, you come downstairs and you cook dinner and you don't need to be thinking about where the kids are. Whereas at four and two, you need the kids in your eyesight while you're cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I don't think we would have done a podcast then. That, that, would, that sounds mental. Yeah. I was thinking when we started it, they were what? Seven, five and one. But we had two above five. Yeah, we'd had practice as you well. Know. And again, the little one, well, all of them were always in bed before we tried to do anything. <laughs> By the time you get to your third, you kind of care less. You know, MJ's eating dog food, it doesn't matter. What? It's not going to kill him. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're less. I don't feel like I care less about oh, MJ than now. the other two. You totally do. Really? Yeah. Okay. But by the time Abby was five, well, you freak she out could less. read and write and yeah. speak French and Italian. <laughs> MJ, we don't worry that he hasn't learned his alphabet. We're like, ah, oh, he'll figure it out. That's what I mean. Eh, he'll get there. Yeah, be totally fine. He's so good at Zelda, and that's all that matters. That's all that he's going to need in kindergarten. We mentioned last week that we are taking a break for the summer. So this is going to be our last episode for a few months while we take a much-needed break and enjoy our late evening hangs with our kids. By the way, I'm loving summer so far. It's so I'm good. loving it. And we're going on vacation and soon. And we're going on vacation soon. Don't worry, however, we're looking forward to returning in the fall, and we'd love to hear from you about how we can make the podcast better. For the fourth year running, babe, we have our annual listeners survey. It's one of our favorite things to do. We love reading 
our listeners' feedback. We'd love to hear from you. We build the podcast for you. We don't do it for our entertainment. And we really want to know how we could serve you better. And so while we're taking a break, we'd love it if you would fill in the survey. It's going to be available for the next couple of weeks. If you go to alanandaj.com slash survey. It won't take long. Do it today. You have a chance to win $100 worth of Amazon or iTunes gift vouchers. We read every piece of feedback that comes in and really we'd love to hear from you. But for now, we hope you enjoy your summer and we'll see you in the fall. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone 